On this week's episode of the 608 Sports Podcast, we'll be talking about Tom Brady's retirement, major NFL news, and a recap of the conference championship games, followed by college basketball to end. And here we go. Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. oh my God. Oh my God. 30. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle. Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings have lost up on the New Orleans. 35 explodes midfield. A chance to return the opening kickoff for six. He'll take it to the house. And the Wisconsin Badgers have made it to Monday night. They'll play for all of it. They'll play for the national championship. Oh, it'll be NBA, NBA thing. With the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Milwaukee Bucks... Select Giannis Adetokounmpo. Throws it up for Aiden. Shot blocked by Adetokounmpo. Knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul. And Adetokounmpo throws it down. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. All right, welcome. Today is February Wednesday, February 2nd. Um, welcome to the 14th episode of the 608 Sports Podcast. Um, today's episode is going to look a little different. Um, unfortunately, Max is very sick, um, not able to talk. So it's just me for now. So um, kind of bear with me. I'm kind of going to go in a different order. Um, start with NFL, uh, go to their major news, college football, and then end with college basketball. But so like I mentioned, uh, just bear with me. Um, not that I didn't want to do this, but Max definitely convinced me uh, that we need to put something out here just because so much did happen. Uh, so we just decided to do it. I would do it alone. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but the first thing uh, we're going to talk about is the Tom Brady um, officially, officially retired. Um, I know the news kind of broke um, a few days ago, but it wasn't well Shefty. Uh, Adam Schefter reported it. Um, it wasn't true. He said he called the Bucks GM Lynch um, and said it wasn't for sure. Uh, but now it is for sure. Uh, while he was out enjoying a family vacation, uh, probably somewhere super nice on a yacht, uh, just trying to enjoy his vacation with his family. Um, and the first thing that I wanted to say was that I know like Schefter and Ian Rappaport, those kind of guys, they're good for the sport because they do break a lot of news that no one would have known or no one cares about. Uh, but it's, it does happen that if they miss or if they're not right on all this big stuff, um, I know they're like 99% right, but it's the one time where they get something wrong, um, especially stuff like this, like Tom Brady's retirement, probably one one of the top best 
<clears throat> athletes ever. Uh, definitely the best football player to ever play. Uh, so you don't really want to mess this up. Not that I have a problem uh, with those guys, but like they definitely shouldn't confirm, um, especially if it's something like retirement. Like I feel as if no one should say anything until it comes out of the player's mouth. Like I think Tom Brady should be the one to announce his own retirement from the game that he's played 22 years. Uh, but that's just me. And uh, I'm not sure if anyone else has that problem or sees that problem, but I'm just talking about like all the major, major stuff, you know, that they, even a slight chance that they're wrong, you know, it kind of makes for a big fuss. Uh, but Tom, obviously Tom Brady, um, the GOAT, I would say, I don't think there's any arguing. Maybe not the most talented football player, but as of terms of winning and all that, um, I know everyone knows how good he is, uh, but maybe for the younger audience, or even for me, his first three or four championships, I don't really remember. Uh, so I'm just going to go um, through his all-time ranks. Um, so he ranks first in wins at 243, first in Pro Bowls, uh, first in Super Bowl MVP awards, starts, completions, attempts, passing yards, passing touchdowns, three touchdown games, 101, and four touchdown games, 39. Um, so that's just all time, but he also leads in the postseason um, appearances for season 19. Started 47 games, 135 of them, 10 Super Bowl appearances, uh, obviously seven Super Bowl wins. Uh, he leads in completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns, game winning drives, and fourth quarter comebacks. So that's just kind of put the magnitude um, of how really good he was and is. And you can definitely make the argument that he should not have retired. Um, I know the Bucks cap space is kind of messed up right now, but he's he had his best year um, yards-wise, touchdown-wise, and uh, one other stat, I believe. So he definitely had some left in the tank, uh, but he and his family just decided, you know, I've given everything I have. Um, he came out with a quote. Well, he came out with his retirement after Schefter had broke the news, but like five straight pages on Instagram that – I definitely didn't read, but he thanked a whole bunch of people. Um, there was a lot of controversy uh, that he thanked Buccaneers fans and the city and the owners and all the coaching staff from the Buccaneers and not the Patriots. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that would be, but uh, people have been saying he's going to do something big for the Patriots or like sign a one-day contract, but I just thought it was odd that Right away, he didn't thank the Patriots where he was for, you know, 18, 19 seasons till these last couple with the Bucks. Um, <clears throat> he has made over $300 million in his careers. Uh, like I had mentioned, seven Super Bowls. Everyone knows that. Um, I don't think that number's ever going to get touched. Um, I, he's definitely a top five athletes of all time. Uh, a lot of people definitely argue he's the best athlete of all time because of all the championships and just be able to ma maintain that success. Uh, for so long and through through to so many different guys and different systems and people can say Belichick but Tom is the one out there making all the throws making all the plays you know that kind of stuff um so obviously everyone knew that he retired uh, I just thought it was funny uh, they kind of had a picture um, from every season like at the headshot like team headshot um, he definitely has had a lot of plastic surgery, and um, he's definitely done a lot with his hairline. Um, his hairline's grown back and forth like three or four times. His jaw, he's got a jawline now uh, when he's 40, but not when he's 24, you know. But So, Tom, um, thanks for all you did. I never really liked you uh, just because you were winning every Super Bowl. It wasn't very fair to everyone else for a while there, and uh, we just assumed. I think he had he played in 127 he won 12.7% of all Super Bowls, and if you really think about it, uh, it's a pretty 
messed up stat. Uh, but he's officially done. Um, I don't think he would come back. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not just because he's so old and he's made so much money. And uh, it's just time to enjoy his family. And he stated that, you know, once you can't give give your all to the sport that you've been playing forever and your heart's not fully committed. Because if it's not, uh, you know, that's when injuries happen. That's when you get hurt. And that's when you definitely play bad when you know you can't give 100% of yourself to the game. Uh, but definitely an end of an era uh, Tom Brady is kind of the last one, uh, definitely for just like when I started watching football or like all the football I can remember, uh, you know, in middle school, like Eli, Big Ben, gone, Tom Brady, gone, Philip Rivers, um, like Peyton Manning, you know, he, just that kind. So now it's kind of time for a new era, you know, Joe Burrow, jo- um, <clears throat> Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, that, that kind of crew, uh, Herbert, you know, so definitely switching eras um i think it's kind of a good time just because i'm getting older now you know 24 25 uh a bunch of different quarterbacks but it's just kind of sad uh, watching all the teams and all the quarterbacks all the great quarterbacks that played um you know for the last 15 years kind of time kind of wrapped things up uh so next thing uh next big big news coming out of the nfl uh, i'm not sure if this was today or yesterday um i think it was yesterday uh, but Brian, <clears throat> Brian Flores, uh, the head coach, or was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, um, he is going to sue the NFL and three NFL teams uh, for alleged racism in the hiring practices. Um, I know me and Max, uh, we talked about this um, a whole bunch. Uh, a bunch of people talked about it um, just because he did get fired, um, and no one really understood why. I don't think anyone agreed uh, with the actual firing. It never made sense in the first place, um, so it doesn't surprise me. You know, it doesn't surprise, it shouldn't surprise anyone that he was just let off the job, got fired, and now there's a bunch of a lot of backstory going on. So I definitely thought there was something behind the scenes going on, as did a lot of people. But so now it's kind of coming, coming up, coming to the forefront of everything. Um, it, he was on ESPN this morning on Get Up. Uh, I forgot who runs that show, Greenberg, but. Um, he was offered, stated that the Dolphins owner, uh, I don't really know his name, but um, he was offering Flores $100,000 um, for every loss just to convince him to try and tank. Um, and Flores pretty much said, I'm never doing that. That's not in my DNA. Uh, so just kind of baffling that even the owner would offer the head coach, you know, money to lose. Like all these guys playing the NFL all these coaches it's their entire lives um, it's how they feed their families and they have general generational wealth uh, because of it so their lives are literally at risk you know every time they put on the pads on Sundays and for their owner to come out and say we want to lose this game it's just not going to fly with a lot of people um, it didn't fly with Flores obviously kind of buttered heads and obviously it's not the main reason he was fired I don't believe but he is suing um, the NFL and he can't really I guess you can sue the three teams. Um, I'm guessing it's the Dolphins, Giants, and I went, I don't know the other one, but so basically just about racism um, in the hiring. Um, another thing that came from this uh, was the Bill Belichick text. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone saw this. I know I didn't see it till late, but uh, Bill Belichick, obviously Patriots coach, um, text Brian DeBall, or not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name, but Text the offense coordinator of the Bills, who's now the Giants head coach, uh, 
He was meaning to text Flores and congratulate him on the job of the Giants. And Flores texted back and was like, my interview is not even until Thursday. And this was on, like, Monday or Tuesday. So it's super, super sketchy uh, that one from the Giants who already knew their who they were going to hire, why even have an interview on Thursday with somebody you know you're not going to hire. Um, a little suspect, and people are saying that Belichick, uh, you know, did it on purpose uh, to kind of shove, or he heard the news, so he wanted to ruin the Giants and ruin the Dolphins and in the conference. I don't know if I buy that, but the odds of him texting um, another another Brian in his phone, two NFL head coaches or soon-to-be head coaches, like it just doesn't make any sense at all but uh for flora's perspective um i think it's courageous would be a good word for it um you know he's really really putting himself out there um he saw a problem and he's trying to face it head on uh, so a lot of respect for that but um it definitely put his job in jeopardy i think um because he's you know he's definitely qualified for the dolphins job and he's qualified for a bunch of other jobs that are open around the league but uh, just with all this stuff, and if some things go south or whatever, you know, he may never ever coach again. But again, he's standing up for what he believes in, what he thinks is going on behind the scenes. Uh, so all all props to him. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention, um, I've kind of learned this over the years, um, and definitely, um, definitely a lot more in the last couple of years is that you know you can have bad players, and maybe a coach makes a bad call, and all that stuff. But I think like all the dysfunctional organizations around any professional sports team, like if they're dysfunctional, you know, they're always losing, there's always problems. Um, you know, it definitely starts at the top. Like I mentioned, you maybe you don't have the best roster, maybe you had not the best coach, uh, but organizations and their standards and what they do, um, it definitely starts at the very, very top. Not even the general manager, I think the owners have a lot more I definitely learned that they have a lot more to do with everything um, than they think, than they just own the team, you know, collect the paycheck. But you have all these families, for majority of them, been doing it 40, 50 years. Uh, more young owners are starting to come in and try and change the culture and that. But you just kind of learn that, like, <clears throat> some teams are just stuck where they've always been because of ownership, and that's why they'll always be dysfunctional and maybe never compete for championships just because there's no way to get out of, like, that revolving door sometimes unless, you know, you switch owners, which it happens very rarely, I think. Uh, but I definitely, you know, want to see this play out. I don't think he deserved to get fired. Um, I respect him for stepping up for what he believes because uh, to the NFL, you know, you got to have a big um, – you got be, better be ready to go with a bunch of lawyers and that kind of stuff, but – uh, bottom line, um, it doesn't matter in my perspective and should be everyone's perspective, whether you're a man, you know, woman, ethnic, different culture, you know, the best man or woman should get the job, whether you are any of those things, if you are a minority, like, and that's what the owner should be looking for, you know, who's going to help us win championships. And that should be the bottom line, no matter what, uh, the best man or woman should get the job. <clears throat> uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, was the Vikings. So we're looking for a head coach, um, Vikings fan. I, I'm a Vikings fan, obviously, and I've just heard so much news that Harbaugh is coming. Now he's not coming. Uh, so I saw Harbaugh would agree to it if the Vikings offered him. So I literally have no idea, and I'm sure a lot of people don't, but even as a Vikings fan, I still have no idea what's going on. 
because uh, we were still doing interviews. People were saying Harbaugh. <coughs> and on my drive over here, Max sent me that Harbaugh called, and this was literally 10 minutes ago, that from Schefter, Jim Harbaugh called Michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he'll be returning to school for the 2022 season. So the Vikings are not getting Harbaugh. I just saw on Twitter. One sec. That. See, I can. You can never trust Twitter because this just said we're hiring O'Connell, but no one big has tweeted that yet. So that's one of the reasons I, just, I do like Schefter because I know if it's legit for the most part. You know, like I mentioned, ninety-nine percent. But some of this other stuff. All these other people that try and be reporters uh, doesn't usually work, but so I'm not sure. Um, even if we did hire Harbaugh, um, I wasn't not a huge fan just because I think he's pretty much just a young Zimmer, uh, defensive mind. Great, not okay. He's he's an upgrade from Zimmer for sure, but I just feel like we should can go a completely different direction, you know, with a young offensive mind. And not that Harbaugh, obviously, he's won everywhere he's gone. That's why he's a candidate for the job. That's why he's at the University of Michigan. But I think he would not – he probably wouldn't have got fired, but he definitely, definitely would have been on the hot seat uh, for not – if he didn't beat Ohio State. Obviously, that's a huge win, but saved his ass for sure. But, you know, we're talking about who's bringing a new coach. Can Harbaugh do it at Michigan? He gets all these players. Uh, oh, can't win the big game, you know. As, but it's just that one game that switched things around for him and then are getting back to NFL looks. Uh, like I've said <clears throat> multiple weeks ago or mul- multiple weeks in a row, uh, I want O'Connell, Rams offense coordinator, if not him, uh, definitely a young offensive mind uh, for our explosive offense, bring in a good D coordinator. But that's just some news because no one knows what's going on with the Vikings. Uh, super, super weird. We got our GM, so that's, that's good. That was step number one, and now – Hopefully, uh, the coach will be a smooth transition. Uh, the next team I'm going to talk about, not that I'm going to talk about every NFL team, uh, but being in Wisconsin, uh, I think everyone's noticed what the Broncos are trying to do. Uh, they brought on Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the Packers offensive coordinator, and they recently just hired uh, the Packers tight end coach, Justin Oten, Owen. Not 100% on that name, uh, but he's going to be the offensive coordinator now. Um, obviously, a lot of people predicted the Broncos if Rodgers is to leave, and maybe obviously the Broncos know that. So they're trying to make every last ditch to try and persuade him, get him, make him feel comfortable when he gets to Denver. Um, I don't really see it. Uh, Broncos, they've been down the dumps for the last couple of years, uh, you know, ever since Manning. So I think they're trying to revamp everything. Obviously, the Packers have had a bunch of success. Um, I'd love for Max to be down here and talk about the Packers, or the Broncos trying to be the Packers. But <clears throat> who knows? Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I, d- I mean, it's not like they're bad hires either, I think. I'm not, not sure about the tight end coach, but Hackett's had one of the best offenses in the NFL in the last three, three years. Or how, I'm not even sure how long he's been there, but uh, obviously got Aaron Rodgers things will be good for you. So Broncos, just trying to be the Packers. I don't really have much else to say. Packers fans, you probably do. Uh, the next team, not a team anymore, uh, the Washington 
football team has officially converted their name uh, to the Washington Commanders. Uh, I don't know if this franchise could do anything right because it was supposed to be announced this morning. Uh, it was actually announced, not announced, but leaked late last night uh, from a helicopter shot that was shooting inside the practice facility or one of their facilities. And right on the wall, it said Washington Commanders, like all painted in, you know, not just like a sign, like you're not going to remove that. <laughs> so that was their name. But so it got leaked last night. Um, I wanted it to be the Red Hogs. Not that the Commanders is a bad name. Maybe a little basic standard. Um, you know, you got all the commies jokes. But I think it's a fine name. If you win, you know, no one, everyone's going to forget about it. Everyone got comfortable with the Washington football team. And it was the most generic name because they couldn't think of another one. So, I'm, like, everyone got used to that. Everyone's going to get used to the Commanders. Uh, not a big deal at all. I uh, just wanted to announce that, talk about that um, a little bit. All right, we are now going to move into, uh, well, I'll be talking about uh, the NFL championship recap. So first we'll start in the AFC. Um, I got to pull up my records while I talk about this. Um, we're not going to talk about, also we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl this week because we do have um, a buffer week next week. So we will be doing all our Super Bowl talk. Obviously it would be a big episode, hopefully Max. Is fine, fine by then, but <clears throat> who knows? But definitely Super Bowl talk next week. Um, all our picks, all our bets, all that kind of stuff will be next week. I just wanted to recap the games because they were both incredible, incredible games. Uh, just to update um, our betting records uh, from just the playoffs, um, I stand at 13 and 5, uh, and Max is 6 and 12. Um, so I had. I've been doing well, Max, not so much. Uh, so I do have a comfortable lead for sure. I know we're doing, we're going to do a bunch of, pi bunch of picks, uh, a bunch of different stuff for the Super Bowl. Uh, so maybe he can make a comeback. But all right, let's get into it. So AFC Championship, obviously everyone's seen it. Everyone watched it, I would assume. I know it's Wednesday, but it's not, this is when we do our show, it sucks. Wish we could do it right after the game, but that's just not how it's ever going to work. Uh, so the Cincinnati 27, Chiefs 24. Uh, this is the second time they faced off for the second time in a very short period of time. I think in the last three weeks they played each other, or four weeks, definitely in the last month. <clears throat> it definitely felt like the same sort of game from the first time they played. Um, the Chiefs dominated early, but then the Bengals started to settle in, get their offense groovy and that kind of stuff. The Chiefs <clears throat> were not... <clears throat> yeah. We're not able to get to Burrow like they had planned, like everyone thought they would, especially after the Tennessee game uh, where the Bengals let up nine sacks. Uh, so the Chiefs thought they could dominate the line of scrimmage. And Cincinnati Bengals held strong all day, um, let Burrow do his thing, definitely in the second half. He got way too comfortable back there and just started ripping the ball down the field. Uh, but the Bengals didn't run the ball effectively. Um, obviously, Joe's great. I'll bring up his stats, that kind of stuff. But what I liked was that they stuck with the run, even though it wasn't working so much. Uh, it was a great game plan. Uh, me and Max talked about it last week, that you can't abandon the run game, um, especially in a championship game, because you definitely don't want to get into a track meet with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, you got to be able to run the ball for first downs. And I, I think they ran it for like 80 yards, but it's just like 
they know and they're going to tee up on Joe Burrow if he's just sitting back there passing at every play. Uh, guys are way too good to be doing that. So I thought that was a really, really good game plan. And then uh, at the end of the game, um, end of the quarter, that kind of stuff, you just got to trust Joe to go out and do his thing, and that's what happened. T. Higgins stepped up huge for them. Um, Jamar Chase dominated um, in the first meeting, 266 yards, three touchdowns, you know. So the Chiefs weren't going to let that happen again. T. Higgins stepped up huge, caught 10 balls, I believe over 100 yards, somewhere close to that. And it just seemed like every third down conversion, especially early in the game, late in the game, you know, he was there catching the ball, whether it was third and five, third and 10, you know. And Joe made <clears throat> two really, really good plays. Two really, really big plays and good plays with his feet on third down that kept the drive moving. So, but T. Higgins definitely stepped up. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they could be a, they're going to be a problem for the Rams, I think, and they're going to be a problem for the next years coming. Uh, for the Chiefs' standpoint, uh, they looked like two completely different teams. Mahomes, completely different quarterback in the second half. They got a huge stop. So the Chiefs were rolling, right? They're rolling all. First quarter, second quarter is 21 to 3. They're about to score again. Or 18. Uh, I forgot what the score was. But either way, right before the half's about to end, the Bengals got a huge stop on first and goal. Um, you know, they're first and five, I believe. So that that's kind of when the momentum shifted to the Bengals side when they got that. Obviously, Eli Apple made a huge play on Tyreek. And then they got into the Twitter beef. That wasn't really Twitter beef, but I wouldn't talk shit uh, to Tyreek Hill, but. That's just me. But that that one stop, that one tackle, <clears throat> kind of <clears throat> made the Bengals not believe in themselves, but <clears throat> realize that they can be there. And they're on the road, you know, you get a huge stop. And uh, it turned out they raced an 18-point deficit. The Bengals got another stop at the end of the game when it mattered the most. Uh, they did go into overtime, obviously. Chiefs-Bills going into overtime. You know, Chiefs, they actually called the right, or they called heads i believe and the call or it was tails so chiefs got the ball you know same spitting image of what happened last week chiefs get the ball they go down they score right away game's over mahomes in another super bowl actually not what happened uh, mahomes carried on from the second half into overtime you know trying to force the ball do too much and kind of got back to what he was doing uh you know the first five six games where he's trying to <clears throat> squeeze the ball in the tight spots, you know, not take what was given, trying to feed the ball to Tyreek and their big-time receivers down the field, and it just wasn't working. The Bengals settled, settled in. They just kept everything in front of them. Uh, but that really came back to bite Mahomes in the ass. You know, he threw a pick uh, with 13, sec 13 seconds into overtime. Um, I understand that you want to get the game over, and one big shot does it, but I think you got to be smart with the football. Um with the stakes and the odds and all that against a team that's had the comeback. I don't think you risk it, but he did. And it didn't work out in his favor. So Bengals ran the ball probably 10 straight times, I believe. Got down to the 20-yard line. Maybe a couple catches from T in there and Jamar Chase, but got down to the 20-yard line. Uh, their kicker has been money. Besides the Packer game all year, buried it, and the Bengals have defined all odds, and they are going to the Super Bowl. Um, I definitely, they're America's team. Not that anyone hates the Rams or anything like that, but I think everyone can root for the Bengals, kind of the feel-good story, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not going to say that people have figured out the Chiefs, because obviously they've been to four AFC 
championships in a row. They're going to be there right there every year, uh, but now it's the uh, saying or the mantra behind that they got to win the big one, and they can't win the big one. Obviously, they got the one title, but they're going to be there, like I mentioned, they're going to be there every single year. Uh, they keep running these same exact problems, these hungry younger teams that I look at, and the Bengals this year, uh, the Bills are going to be around for a long time. Uh, you know, they're coming because uh, the Chiefs will be probably the best team in the league during the regular season just because of the weapons and the quarterback that they have. But when it gets to the playoffs, you know, things really, really start tightening up. And not that they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl or anything, or the dynasty, not dynasty, but their run's over. No, they're going to be there every single year. I just think now that it's the time they have to figure out what it takes to really win the big games, um, especially when people are playing their hardest to beat them. And sometimes I just didn't see it from the Chiefs, uh, definitely in the second half of that game. Uh, the only other note from this game is a celebration cigars uh, from Joe Burrow's dad and Jamar Chase's dad. Uh, if you follow social media or whatever, you know Joe Burrow, cool guy. Uh, cigars are a huge thing after the Bengals win. And just to see the picture of those two dads, uh, Joe's and Jamar's dad smoking a cigar out in the parking lot, um, it's got to be a really, really cool moment, obviously, just to see it. And I'm guessing they'd had a few in after the LSU win, uh, but this one probably means a little bit more, I would say, trying to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, they might smoke a couple of them if they uh, win the whole thing. So Then uh, their next game, uh, the Rams beat the 49ers 20-17. to um, It was a close game, as I s- expected. I think a lot of people expected it just because the team's – that was the third time playing. Uh, the other two games weren't close. The 49ers beat them both times. Uh, it's hard to beat a team three times. So I expected a tight, tight close game, which happened. Uh, both teams went on their runs kind of back and forth for a little bit. Uh, but bottom line, um, it came down to Jimmy G versus Stafford. And uh, I know who I like in that matchup. Matt Stafford, obviously. I think a lot of people would agree with me. But some crazy that I... Our Debo didn't touch the ball um, in the fourth quarter. Debo Samuel, uh, first team all, you'll probably be first team all pro this year. You know, he was their only offense for a lot of the games this year. And for not to use him in the fourth quarter, he doesn't touch the ball. Not even, I don't know. Just so many ways they used him throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. Um, he absolutely dominated. He was going for so many all-purpose yards. So I don't know. The Ram or the 49ers, Shanahan has blown a couple leads. He's also been right there, and then things just start melting down for him for some reason. And coaching, you can't put it all on coaching, but if your best player doesn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter, then I think it's pretty fair to ask some questions. And this would have been a completely, completely different game. Um, I'm unsure of the guy's name, but the guy who dropped. The easiest pick of all picks uh, for the 49ers, Matt Stafford, pretty much threw, uh, threw him a meatball. You know, he was like 40 yards all up in the air. He was coming down nice and soft, and I don't know what happened. I feel like I could have caught that ball. I think a lot of people could have caught that ball. Maybe not in that moment, but if you're on the practice field, uh, you know, you should make that catch. And he's a professional athlete, professional football player, you know. And he did put all the blame on himself, which – I kind of like, don't like, you know, team sport, and I'm on one play, but it really, really did cost them because it was literally thrown right to him, right over the middle, no one around him, anything. So if that would have happened, um, I 
not that the 49ers go down and score, win the game, that kind of stuff. But maybe it wasn't meant to be just because you have to be almost perfect to go to the Super Bowl, especially win the Super Bowl. So if you're letting those little mistakes catch up and add on to everything, then you don't deserve to be there. And that's exactly what happened. But So the last two drives of the game for the 49ers were horrendous. It was the last two for sure, maybe even three. Uh, they didn't gain a net yard in the last two drives. And the game ended with uh, Jimmy G pick trying to make something happen. It wasn't a bad – it looked bad, but he was getting pressured pretty much all night from Aaron Donald and the boys. Uh, so it finally paid off. They threw a pick, got the knee, game over. But Rams D played really, really well. Um, obviously, they have dudes all over the field. 49ers – kind of the team that I don't think anyone expected to be there but you know they played well they beat the Packers obviously everyone's probably still pissed because they did look so shitty um, against the Rams and he would have got the Rams at home but 49ers deserved it it ended with the Jimmy G their Jimmy G's future yeah he, he believe he came out and said he expects to be with a different team this year so can't blame the guy Trey Lance not that his time, but I think that's the direction they're going to go in. And uh, Jimmy G, try and find a new team. Uh, but the Rams, all credit to the Rams. Uh, they went all in, and it worked for once. Uh, you know, they have no draft picks the next three years. Uh, they got to pay a bunch, bunch of guys. And usually it never works out. You know, you go all in. It takes a year or two to adjust, and then you'll get a championship. But uh, the Rams are going to play for the Super Bowl. They went all in. It paid off. Um, you got to trust McVay. He was a great coach. Trust ownership. And uh, they got it done. Brought in huge names and all those guys delivered going to the Super Bowl. And then just the only note, um, if you are a gambler, you for sure saw this. Random guy, not sure where he lives or anything, put $20 parlay um, on both games. Correct the best uh, guess, the correct score. He had Cincinnati 27-24, and he had the Rams 2017. Uh, so he flipped 20 bucks to over five. I believe the number is 579,000. But just insane, insane, insane stuff. There's no way that's some back to the future type stuff, but just unreal. Uh, before I get into college basketball, uh, this was the last thing I added to my notes. Uh, me and Max were talking about what all the big news, all the big stuff, and what do we miss. And uh, I came to our attention that Cale Williams has committed to USC, University, University of Southern California, to play for Lincoln Riley. Uh, we just want to mention this because the Badgers were in talks. But if you're a true Badger fan and you know Badger sports, you knew for a fact Cale Williams was never going to suit up for the Wisconsin Badgers. And that's a harsh reality, but that's just the way it is. Everyone knew it was going to happen. But it was honestly, I just had fun kind of being in the mix. Uh, for a five-star transfer to number one player. So I couldn't even imagine being in Alabama, LSU, Georgia, you know, where all these five-star guys commit to you like it's nothing. And we're hyped that maybe this high, just because we hired a high school coach, the number one, probably the Heisman favorite for next year is going to come play for us. Like that's just not the way it works, not the way it happens. I knew it was going to happen. But if you got your hopes up, sorry, get used to it. But Caleb Williams, USC, and I can I understand why he went there. You know, L.A. is maybe a little bit more flashy than Madison. But from a fo football standpoint, I'm not 100% sure. 
not that I would go to Wisconsin, you know, over LSU maybe right now just because. But I do believe USC will be a top program and get every four- or five-star guy out of Los Angeles area and the whole West Coast, yes. But do they have all of those guys on their roster right now? No. In five years, will they? And will they be competing for playoff spots? Maybe with Lincoln. But right now, I mean, they're below 500 or right at 500 the last three, four seasons. Like, Caleb Williams isn't walking into much. Not, I don't hate the guy. I can't, you know, all that stuff. But it's just like, it's not going to be as great as he thinks just because they don't have the players in five, six years. Yeah, I bet they will. But not, you know, tomorrow on campus is Caleb Williams going to be surrounded by five stars. Not even close to what he had at Oklahoma either. So, but good for him. We'll see how they go. Uh, hopefully they meet up in the Rose Bowl. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe show him what he missed. But All right, the last topic is college basketball. Uh, I know we haven't talked a lot of college ball just because obviously NFL was on a lot of ha- wasn't happening like the first week college basketball yeah and then kind of goes slow but now they're getting to conference play uh, a lot of good games so I'm just gonna kinda, I'm gonna go through the top 10 and I'm just gonna do like a week recap of their last week uh, what I think on each team that kind of thing should be nice short and sweet but uh, so number one team in the country is Auburn uh, in the past week, they have drilled both Oklahoma and Alabama by 20. Uh, they're absolutely rolling. They have the projected number one pick. Uh, should be, in my mind, no doubt about it. Uh, and Jabari Smith, he's unreal. And they're just so long and athletic. And um, when that bracket initial bracket comes out, not saying that they're going to win the SEC. Obviously, there's a lot of season left, but they're 21-1. Look like a one seed. Should be a one seed. And just because I've seen so many games of them, it's it'd be it's gonna be hard for me to pick against Auburn. And I think I said two weeks ago, Auburn is my team now, so I'm hopping on the wagon. Uh, Gonzaga coming in at number two. Their last two games, the score has been 89 to 55 and 104 72. So don't have a lot to say about those games, just because this is what happens every year. No one's on even close to Gonzaga's level in the conference they play. So blowout, blowout, I would say they're the second-best team in the country. Um, number three, coming at UCLA. Uh, me and Max have given UCLA a lot of hate, but they are the number three team in the country. In the last week, they easily handled both California and Stanford, who aren't great, strong teams, uh, but they're dominating the teams they're supposed to dominate. And then I think they're about to start finding their stride in conference play. Um, it sucks they play on the West Coast just because I never get to see them play because their games start at 10, 10.30. So I'm always in bed. So I haven't seen much of UCLA, but they should roll through uh, the big or the <clears throat> should roll through their conference play. Um, it does suck that no one can be at their home games just because they're in L.A. and all the mandates with COVID, all that. So no one's at their games. So kind of a disadvantage. So not that. If they do play a good team in there, you know, they won't have the home court advantage with them. So I could see someone going in and knocking them off just due to the fact there's no home court, there's no crowd. You know, maybe they're not ready to play, but their team wants to beat them really bad because they're the number three team in the country. Number four in college basketball is number – or number four, Purdue is number four. Uh, not sh- – like we mentioned, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but they're 
three and two in conference play and ranked fourth in the country. That still stands. Uh, they've picked up a few more conference wins. They beat Iowa by ten. And I'm talking Purdue, but I hate Iowa. They did all that talking shit after the Badger game on one foul call, all that stuff, and then they lose to Penn State. So it's like, I don't know. I just those guys make it makes they make themselves very easy to hate. I think, but. Getting back to Purdue, they snuck by Ohio State on a crazy, crazy game. Uh, I believe it was 72-69. Jaden Ivey, go ahead, fall away three with like .6 to go. Absolutely net. Wild game. And uh, Purdue is currently playing Minnesota. I'll check that score real quick. Purdue basketball. So they're up 79-68 on Minnesota. Four minutes left in the second half. So should be picking up another conference win and moving to 19-3. and Number five team in the country is Kentucky. Uh, they dominated Kansas on their home floor. They aren't even fully healthy yet. It should be a brutal, brutal schedule in the SEC conference play. But they're rolling. Obviously, they got all the five stars. They're young, but they have a bunch of transfers, I think, that can lead them. I don't trust them in March just because they are so young, and Cal hasn't been doing his best in March. They're also currently playing. They're playing Vanderbilt. They're up 10, 56, 46, uh, 10 minutes left to go in the second. Vandy at 11-9, Kentucky 17-4, so... Uh, the next teams are six and seven. Houston coming in at six. Arizona on at seven. Uh, I really don't know much about these teams, so I didn't want to mention anything. I could have looked up some stats and all that, their record. But Houston obviously played the Badgers early in the year, playing the American Conference. If they truly are the number six team in the country, they'll fly through that. Arizona, haven't seen them much either, but playing out west having some big time recruits having that kind of facilities coaching that kind of stuff they're always right there in march so we'll see how far they can take it um, i'd like to watch one of their games soon uh number eight is baylor who was number one or who has been number one multiple times uh they come they're coming off a loss to alabama and then they nearly nearly beat west virginia at home 81 to 77 Number nine, Duke. Uh, they're currently first in the ACC, uh, which I believe is a down conference this year. Uh, the basketball is just not as good. The top, Duke is the top team, and they've proven not to be one of the better teams. Or one of the better teams, but not in that elite company yet. So I think it's Duke and North Carolina, Wake Forest, Florida State, and then all the rest of the teams, kind of a big drop-off. But in the last week, uh, they've got a win over Louisville pretty handedly and then they did beat Notre Dame last night who a lot of people thought was a trap game Notre Dame really good team at home uh they came out and took care of business though uh they have a key matchup Saturday uh the big one Tobacco Road with North Carolina should be a crazy game uh probably not like the old days but it's always a great game to watch just because these two teams hate each other not quite the star power um it usually has but still a great game gonna happen on Saturday and then coming in at 10 um, is Kansas. I'm not sure exactly where they were last week before they lost to Kentucky, but I've never seen them been dominated that bad on their home floor. Uh, first, I've never seen them. Every time they're on TV, I never see them lose at home. 
um, and then get dominated by a young Kentucky team. Kentucky was up 20 most of the game, and they were just never able to get things going. I still not sold on this team or Bill Self, but they do have the dudes that can get it clicking, get it going, and uh, score a bunch of points and play dominant basketball. Just happened, not their best night at Kentucky. Took a loss, still in the top 10. Then uh, one more, right outside the top 10, is the number 11 Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, they've won two games in the last week. They're played tonight against Illinois. Huge, huge matchup. Illinois is ranked number 18th in the country. Badgers 11. Should be a really, really tough game. But prior to that, we've won two, I would say, not very impressive wins. Um, and With a 73-65 win over Nebraska and then a 66-60 win over Minnesota. Uh, two of the bottom tiers, two of the bottom teams in the Big Ten. Uh, but we've talked about the Big Ten and how tight everything's going to be, and that's what the Big Ten does to you no matter who you play, no matter where you go, all that stuff. People are going to be ready to play. Everyone wants to beat everyone. I s all across the conference you look, there's a bunch of close games, no matter if you're first in conference, last in conference, anything in between. Uh, the Big Ten produces great basketball. That's what we had. I, we were in control most of the Nebraska game, I would say. Nebraska just hung around, hung around, but I had no doubt in my mind that we were going to win. And then Sunday um, at the Kohl Center against Minnesota, um, I was at the game. It looked We started a little slow, then we started to pick it up. Definitely to start the second half, we got up 11, 13 points. But Minnesota, credit to them, uh, battled back super hard. The game was tied three minutes ago, two minutes ago, and then Johnny Davis, who's, who has quiet, who was quiet in the Nebraska game, quiet in the first couple, definitely quiet in the Minnesota game until the last two minutes, and he kind of just decided, okay, now's my time. I'm going to close this thing out. Finished with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, the first 15 and 15 games since Ethan happened, 2019, I believe it was. But I'm still very impressed with the Badgers doing all this when they weren't supposed to be very good. They're playing. It's a big win over Minnesota, a rivalry game. You know, Minnesota wants to beat you really bad. Uh, but now we'll see if everything we've been talking about, all the hype behind them, if they can match what we're saying uh, tonight against Illinois. So we'll see. All right. I think that's about all I got. Uh, I know that went by kind of fast. Not that I'm nervous, but I knew I was talking super fast. Try to slow it down. Sorry if it sounds bad. It's definitely a little awkward just sitting here by yourself. But hopefully I did all right. Uh, we'll be back with Super Bowl picks and all that stuff next week. Um, any other announcements? Um, I believe we still have some sweatshirts if you haven't grabbed yours yet. And uh, we'll definitely announce this next week. And uh, thank you if you're still listening. But we're going to try to throw like a 608, not a party, Super Bowl party, but we just want a bunch of our friends. If you guys are listeners, come down to Distillery for the Super Bowl. We're going to do like a 10, 15-minute preview before the Super Bowl, upstairs distillery with our mics, all the equipment, that kind of stuff. Like a preview, everyone's picks, that kind of stuff. Um, a halftime review during halftime, another 10, 15 minutes, and then a uh, game recap at the very end. Uh, so come out to that. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people will be at Distillery anyways, uh, so we'll be upstairs for that uh but thanks guys appreciate it